the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I'm so proud and excited to sponsor the Bible Live. As a businessman, I have to make decisions every day about how to best invest time, personnel, and resources for the best return and results. The scriptures say there are two things on earth that will last forever, God's Word and the souls of people. It's my hope that you, your family, your church, and perhaps even your business will pray about giving a tax-deductible donation to the Bible Live at this time. Together, let's expand this historic broadcast of the scriptures to other cities across our nation. A sound investment for both time and eternity. You can donate by credit card at the Bible Live website www.thebiblelive.com or mail your check for the Bible Live to P.O. Box 18888. That's P.O. Box 18888, San Antonio, Texas 78218. Welcome to the Bible Live Quiz Hour. It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible. The entire Bible every year. On Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. Sophie will ask questions from the Bible Live leads. You call in with the correct answers, and you win. It's just that simple. So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Because here's the host of the Bible Live. Your Apache Indian scout through the book of books, Sophie Dollar. for joining us tonight, everybody. It is uh, September the um, last day of the year. It's the last last, day of the month. It's the last day of Sukkot. Yeah. Feast Feast of Tabernacles. There you go. Good. And tomorrow is Shema Yatzeret, which means the end of the Torah. And actually, the next day is called Simchat Torah. In terms of uh, those who the read through the cycle. Torah every year, yeah. the annual, it's the, they finished it. Yes, it's the finish, and uh, the very next day, Simchat Torah, or Happy Torah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you sing, you dance, you carry around the Torah like a dance partner. And, uh, of course, you, you no, I'm not going to make a joke. At any rate, um, <laughs> you never take a psychologist with you. But at uh, any rate, um, so you... Um, and then you start the Torah all over again. So you finish Deuteronomy, and you be immediately begin Genesis once again. And that uh, will be done by Tuesday. Well, you guys take your time, don't you? Because five books, see, Genesis, Exodus, uh, Leviticus, sign, Numbers, Deuteronomy. There's a sign coming up in the window. It says, from John, what a terrible joke. joke. Oh. <laughs> He made that up. I, I think so. I, that has all of the uh, makings of a made-up joke. I, I don't see that being on the... Uh, anyway, uh, is that interesting because we're coming into the kind of toward the end of our readings you for the say. year. Yeah, yeah. what a coincidence. Did you plan that? Mm, God did. God planned it. Did he tell you or was it a surprise? No, it was a surprise. I only found out later. Uh, we have actually, as you've told me many times, as we make our way through the scriptures every year, we 
we just happen to parallel to some extent in a happy happy stance uh, in that sense that, that we kind of parallel a little bit the uh, the readings or coincide with the readings uh, the Jewish readings throughout the year around the world. Uh, you guys have a worldwide playlist. We just do our little deal yeah, here. That's a good point. Actually, the Jews all read the same portion around the world on the same date. So they are all beginning and ending at the same mm-hmm. time. And whatever portion they read, they all read exactly the same. So everybody, says, you might say, is on the same page. And they're reading, yeah, and they're reading from the Torah, the five ah. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Yeah. But they have companion readings from the prophets, from the prophets. That, that come in as well. And we happen to kind of coincide a little bit with that from time to time. It's well, in fact, it gets larger than that, if I may, because you actually read the same Bible. Oh, how about that? Don't I feel like Tim Allen? On yeah, oh, yeah. That, well, we I was assuming our listeners knew that. We make our way through this old book uh, every year. Now, you guys take a year to go through the Torah. We take a year to go through the Torah plus all the other um, 60 books, you know, the, the 60, 61 books, I guess it is. Uh, but we're coming up toward the end of our—we're not there yet— we're kind of approaching. Yeah, you got what two reading. more weeks or yeah, something like two, that. Two, three yeah. more. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's a couple of weeks among friends? That's huh? right. That's right. Well, uh, let's see. Tonight we are making a very significant jump. We are. We can continue to talk a little bit more about my favorite prophet, uh, Daniel, if you'd like. If you have anything more to say about Daniel. Um, uh, and I think I'd like to say one more thing about him that I, I I can't go into great detail because it would almost warrant. What are you doing? He's up, he's standing. Up. Are you going? No, you said we're making a significant jump, so he got in the chair and I jumped. <laughs> John is just with me all the way. Yes, when I, I say it, I say jump. He says hi, how, how high? <laughs> as as he's leaving the earth. Yeah. <laughs> well, great. That, that's good, John. I, I'm I'm right. I'm going to tell him. I have to tell him to give me twenty bucks or something. Let's see if he goes. See how far this obedience <laughs> thing goes. <laughs> I can test the limits of this. I don't think John. Has twenty bucks, so that's the, that's the problem with that. Well, anyway, we can talk a little bit more about Daniel, and I do have some one thing I'd like to mention. I don't know what you'll think about it yourself. You want to talk about Daniel? Mm-hmm. I, I thought like we were making one more a thing jump. about him, but we're going to leap from Daniel uh, into John. Settle down. Don't don't get excited there. We're going to leap over into the New Testament now and pick up where we left off. We had read the book of Hebrews, yeah. so we'll pick up with the little books at the end of uh, the. Um, the uh, New Testament called James, First and Second Peter, First, Second, Third John. Uh, these smaller epistles—they're not Pauline epistles. They're not from Paul. These are written by these different individuals: uh, James, Peter, James, and John. And uh, so we'll uh, we'll look at those. We can leap over. You got some stuff to say you like about James, I think. Yeah. I've heard that James is the more Jewish of the epistles. If James was translated back into Hebrew, what name would it be? Santiago. Uh, no. That's Spanish. That's uh, Spanish. Yes. Uh, well, your grasp of Hebrew is very Spanish. <laughs> it very, sounds very Spanish. Doesn't it? If some people used to ask me, how do you pronounce all those Hebrew names? I, do, I just pronounce them in Spanish. <laughs> Actually, that's very clever. <laughs> yeah, well, it was the best I could do at the time. Yeah, well. Anyway, uh, okay, so you said what was the James? Yeah, if it's James. James, James, James. Let me think. What would it be? James is the Anglization of the Hebrew mm-hmm, name. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know it's the Anglization of the Hebrew name. And I, and, oh, what is what is 
James, James, uh, Jim. <laughs> you no, can use uh, that for a nickname. Yeah. Uh, oh man, what was so, Is there anybody sitting across the table from you that has a first name? Uh, um, you're kidding me. No, I'm not. James would be Jacob. 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 Huh? Yeah. So your name actually is James. Huh? Yeah. Well, what, a, what, a, what a coincidence. Your 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 Babylonian name <laughs> is James. Sure, why not? Hebrew sure, name sure, sure. is Jacob. But anyway, isn't that interesting? Mm, it is kind of interesting. Sure. Mildly. Yeah, well, go ahead, have another drink. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, now they're going to wonder, what is he drinking? Uh, here's what we're talking about, folks. We're going to go over to James and Peter and John, the smaller epistles, and we'll cover those. Uh, tonight, so you can be ready to give questions, thoughts, uh, opinions about them. But I would like to talk about Daniel just a tiny bit more. Well, I, I, you know, and I sure don't want to fear. How about if I just watch TV while you do okay, that? Okay, do that. And chapters 9, I think, are our actual t- chapters we uh, reserved for this week were uh, chapters 10 through 12. Yes. And um, it, chapter 9 is the one we ended with last week that we talked about this this uh, this. For one thing, we had this amazing prayer of Daniel. Okay, let's talk about Daniel. What's that name mean? Daniel. Daniel means um, hmm, something of God. Let me see. Uh, yeah, that's a good guess. And it's an L. <laughs> L. And then I'm learning that about the L part. Yeah. Uh, let me see if I can look in Daniel's uh, finishes where Daniel's name means what? Uh, courage? No. Um, mm, 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 mm. Come on, Sophie. Where does the name Daniel show? Daniel. Um, young man, Daniel was part of the group of Israelites exiled to Babylon, so on, so on. His name means, uh, his name means, come on, where is it? Uh, Daniel's name. Hmm, I don't know. What is it? A judge of God. Okay, judge. Judge for God, you might Judge say. for God. Yeah, not of God. Yeah, oh, no, yeah. Okay. What well, interesting. Uh, how very interesting. What a great, great man, though, he was. What an incredible individual. Yeah. What a life he led. I mean, yeah. talk the, about an exciting this, Disappointing way. for him, I'm sure. I don't think so. You don't think Why so? Why would that be? Well, who wants to be a slave? Who wants to be castrated? But he... Oh yeah, that was just on the earth though. But in oh, yeah, but, yeah. but he unfortunately he, that's the only one he had. <laughs> no, he lived a life totally devoted to God. He was yeah. involved with God's plan. Well, he was one of the great heroes, truly great heroes of all of our faith. And and, and God used him to, Wow. I don't yeah. I mean you know, your your circumstances in life are your circumstances in life. And everybody has hardships, everybody has difficulties, everybody has Challenges, and right. I know he had it rough. I had it rough in some you in some you people's had mind. It rough? In some people's you know, mind, in all fairness, Sophie Dollar. Yeah, had a in, rough in all fairness, beginning. I know you did. A lot of people do not know your story, but you really have quite yeah. an interesting story. Yeah, well, it's interesting, but in, seen from a certain perspective, when I tell the story, some people go, "Wow, that's tough. You had a rough life. Yeah. You know, abandoned. You know, born out of wedlock, abandoned at birth, passed around to sixteen families, put into a home for homeless and delinquent boys." So and so on. You're beginning you know, to sound you know. like a Jew. I so, so that that well, I, I'm just saying. Frankly, you've had a, a very difficult life. Yeah, you've but you know what? Challenge. The point is, almost is everybody has Daniel, at some level. Daniel, probably in all things considered, he had good food. He mm-hmm. had nice friends. Mm-hmm. You know, he had a reasonably good existence once he got uh, appointed to the high level job. Right. He had. I mean. 
Yeah, but but yeah, like you say, he was and a lion. Never was, messed with him. But see the, yeah, he was he had a he was uh, allergic, or they were allergic to him. But the point I'm trying to make is that his fulfillment of his life, uh-huh. I suspect that the, when he stopped and evaluated his life as an old man, as we are wont to do when we get older, and think who I'm, who am I? What have I done? You know, <coughs> what is the legacy I'm leaving? And so on, and so on. <clears throat> Don't you think that Jacob probably, I mean, Jacob, Daniel was probably <clears throat> super proud <clears throat> of all he had done and, and, and really what an adventurous life he had. What, what? Don't you think? I, 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 I hear what you're saying and I know what you mean. I'm stumbling because of the word <clears throat> proud. But I, I, other than that word, I got what you mean. I don't mean in a, in the sinful, wrong, evil uh, idea of I pride. I mean, yeah. just happy and excited that he got to do what he got to do. I mean, what a, you know, I'm kind of jealous of him at times that, wow, the lives he touched and the difference he made yeah. in the world. Yeah. Woo. I mean, even the empire, even the emperors that he served sure. didn't have the impact he had. They were part of his impact. You know, uh, he was bigger than them in many senses. Wow. <clears throat> so anyway, I got Daniel here. I'm getting the sense that you like Daniel. I do. I just, I've, I, I have a certain empathy for him and, and what he did and, and how he overcame uh, all these obstacles. Now, but in chapter nine, I do want to mention to our listeners that um, <clears throat> one chapter nine contains this magnificent prayer if you are a believer and you sit and you don't know how to worship god you know you don't you know you kind of you're emotionally constipated maybe you you just don't know how to you, you stand in church and people singing these great hymns of faith and and tremendous hymns of the greatness and goodness and majesty of god and you sit there with your hands in your pockets and you you can't get moved and stirred and you can't enter emotionally into the admiration and adoration of our god you 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 don't know how to worship uh, you, you're, you, you're, you're afraid. You're, you're people around you are going to see you get emotional about something. You're, you're afraid, or you just don't even feel anything for God. You know, uh, <clears throat> that's the more dangerous. Uh, I think the more dangerous uh, symptom here. But if you're a person who just doesn't really enjoy worshiping God, I, I, I think sometimes you ought to take the Psalms or even this prayer of Daniel in chapter nine, and, and just. And just read, make it your prayer. Kind of steal it from Daniel. Make it your prayer to God. Oh, Lord, you are great and awesome, God. You you always fulfill your covenant and you keep your promises of, of unfailing love uh, to me. Uh, and I love you and I, and, and I want to obey your commands. You know, just take that prayer from Daniel, make it yours, and learn to praise and worship as he did. Learn to you worship. Know, I ever mentioned you, it's a good read, idea. you read well. You've said that a time yeah, or two. Yeah, yeah, you do. You read well. Well, thank you. But that's a, it's a, it's a, it's a good thing. Um, I mean, that's one of the. You know, my first grade teacher told me that. <laughs> Sophie, you read well. Uh, anyway, let's go on. You go on to his prayer. So look at that prayer in Daniel 9. Uh, that's a magnificent piece that you should be familiar with. And then when you go on into Mag- Daniel 9, the end of 9, and go into. Um, Go from chapter nine, go into the end of the chapter. You see this. There is this. These two or three paragraphs, where Daniel lays out 
the timetable till the coming of the Messiah, which is now I don't know how Jacob feels about this. I don't know how you understand it. It's but okay. He talks you just about, have at us, <clears throat> He he says from the time when the uh, when Cyrus issued that uh, from the time when Cyrus ish, issued that decree, um, and t- then he says there's gonna, a certain amount of time before the Messiah comes, and um, and that is what I just wanted to focus. I don't want to go into all the details of it because it's. It's a little complicated. It has to do with understandings of weeks of weeks and, you know, 69 weeks and 62 sets of seven. And the anointed one will be killed, appearing to have accomplished nothing. And a ruler will arise whose armies will destroy the city and the temple. I mean, he's, he's talking about Jesus. He's talking about the Messiah. He's talking about Herod. He's talking about Rome, destroying the temple and blah, blah, blah. I mean, you can you can see this. But the interesting thing is that if you can understand this timetable in the language of the weeks of weeks and that sort of thing, you can people have measured that out and have taken they've made the adjustments in calendars and so on and it comes down exactly to the time of Jesus Jesus the Christ uh, that we believe to be that messiah it's an amazing uh, presentation that Daniel makes here and if you if you kind of get a sense that this guy knew things and God was showing him things uh, you'll really enjoy that it's at the end of chapter 9 again i i don't want to go through it all right now it is a a little complicated it gets into those weeks you know and what does a week mean and the seven years and this and that and then then you translate it but get a good commentary and some good footnotes and you'll find uh, you'll find the the presentation easily uh on online in the google or or uh, any of the bible set uh commentaries that you read so daniel chapter nine i just wanted to point out those two things his his amazing prayer his intercessory prayer for his nation for his people and also uh, his prediction about when the Messiah would come, dating from the time the issuing of the uh, decree of uh, Cyrus, if I remember correctly. All this is kind of on top of my head, but uh, I want you to I want you to be aware of that, folks. Daniel, Daniel, Daniel. He's a, he's a great guy. God loved him. There was. Did you see that part, Jacob, where he faints? He, he's. He kind of goes on the emotional overload. He's just overwhelmed by everything God is showing him about what, and he, and he kind of faints and falls. And, and the angel, the angel comes and picks him up and said, "You're so beloved of God. God loves you so." And I thought, "Wow, what a what a what an encouraging thing, you know? Just to, to you, you are you." And are what, what was the name of that angel? That was Gabriel. It was Gabriel. The messenger. And what happened? Did Gabriel have a fight with another guy? He couldn't quite get past him? Yeah, he was. Wow. He said, from the moment you set out to pray, Daniel, wow. God sent me immediately to comfort wow. you. And to, but I was I was impeded by wow. the... Um, Prince the, of Persia, maybe? Uh, Prince of Persia. Oh, we another think, angel? Yeah. We think of Satan. Now, who actually. is that? Uh, well, of, we think of Satan. It's, well, that's because you're right. <laughs> Okay, bingo. I'm so I'm uh, so unused to this. You're being per, nice and to the me Prince tonight. Prince of Persia, Satan, mm-hmm. is the. You're gonna not care for this, but it's the idea. Uh, Michael is the guardian angel of Israel. The warrior angel, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's the guardian angel. <clears throat> okay. Of 
Satan is the guardian angel of the other folks that's in the Middle East. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, all right. Yeah, that's the idea. All right, okay. Well, uh, there it is, in, 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 but he's... Uh, Michael comes and battles, and, uh-huh. um, uh, and, and, and Gabriel is able to go on and arrive to Daniel. I mean, we're getting a peek behind the curtain, which I have no idea what all this means. These creatures, these spiritual beings that serve God, or you know, uh, Satan. Of course, we know opposing God and God's people and God's redemptive plan. You know, and, Satan is actually whew. like saying Messiah. Mm-hmm. You know, those are titles; those are not names. Mm-hmm. Did you know there's only one place? I'm not going to. What does Satan mean, Satan? Uh, Adversary. Okay. The opposer. Lucifer means uh, son of the morning. Well, yeah, something to do with light, yeah. But but there's only one place in the Bible where the actual name of Satan is given. And I'm not going to say it, so don't ask. But there's one place where... Job. No. No? Okay. But... There is one I think place, I know what it is. Okay. But there is one place mm-hmm. that the actual name of Satan. And anybody that calls me tomorrow who asks me, I will not answer. But um, hmm. uh, there is one place where his name is actually. Because Satan is a title, as the word Messiah is a title. Christ is a title, not a last name. Anyway, go on with what you're saying. That's an interesting thought, but I won't go there because uh, it's... Too philosophical. Ah, good. Well, I'm willing to jump from Daniel back now to James and, and Peter. And how about well, this you? Is, is this where John does his jump? I, no, no. You do your jump. I'm asking you. Do you are you ready? Do you want to say anything more about Daniel, or do no, you want to no, jump on Daniel's back? I think Daniel's pretty self-explanatory. Okay. You might say. Um, okay. Bye, Daniel. Goodbye, brother. I appreciate you. He's very proud of you. Let's too. get back now to James. <laughs> You know that. I have it on good authority. <laughs> okay. Well, okay, now we're going to the James. Now, this James is not Peter, James, and John, the uh, the, uh, the disciple of Jesus, James. Probably not. This particular James, uh, we understand to be the half-brother of Yeshua, of top, Jesus top himself. Top or bottom half? Um, I'm not sure which. Uh, uh, he's... Uh, and that he at one time did not, we understand, did not believe his brother to be the Messiah, or or we're not sure. There is a passage where they, uh, they his brothers and sisters said that they that he was crazy. Remember, there's a passage where he's being harassed by the Romans, I think it is, or by the re- religious leaders, <clears throat> and they. <clears throat> And his parents come and they, and his family shows up and they say, "Oh, don't mind him. He's crazy. You know, he just." Uh, and so they, I, I don't think, in my personal opinion, I don't think they believed he was actually crazy. I think they were, that was them, that was their story, and they were going to stick to it to protect their older brother. And, oh no, he's he's unbalanced. He's, to get him out of that fix that he was in, I, that's my that's my belief. I really do. I look at that passage and. And I think that's what was happening. But James, they did not embrace Jesus in the beginning as the Messiah. But obviously he came to a moment when he did. He came to understand maybe after the resurrection, maybe, I don't know. when. That's our thing. Do you have any light? The only thing I would like to add is in the very beginning of James, 
depending on the scholars, generally scholars attribute the oldest, I say oldest, book in the New Testament, Mm -hmm. oldest writings, to be either Galatians, but the better opinion is James, Mm -hmm. is supposedly the oldest. Hmm, Now, if that is the oldest, and and it should be emphasized, just for so everybody knows, and if you have a conversation, you should be able to recite this. Mm -hmm. All four Gospels, while they appear as first in the Christian scriptures, they were written after all the other letters. So when they were written, as you said, right. So what that means is, so all these other letters, when they were written and they were referring in those letters to the word scriptures, they cannot be referring to the Gospels. They must be Mm -hmm. referring Mm -hmm. to the Torah. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and there is some exception to that, I would take. Sometimes, I think even James himself, if we look, actually includes the writings. He mentions or maybe it's Peter that Peter that mentions the writings of Paul and he includes them in his when Paul, he refers yes, but to that scripture. would be the letters, not mm-hmm. the gospels. Right, you're right there. Uh, but what I want to say is that there's something here mm-hmm. that occurs about three or four times in the New Testament, the Christian scriptures. And it's something that people don't pay much attention to, but I personally find it fascinating because we all know the story of the so-called Messington tribes. Right, right? Uh-huh. the well, ten tribe, northern tribes. Yes, right? well, take a look at verse 1-1. Mm-hmm. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Uh, this James, right? For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. Is that ta- James? James, that's 1-1. That's what my Bible says. Oh, no, this letter is from James, a slave of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. I am writing to the 12 tribes, Uh Jewish believers scattered abroad. Okay, if he's writing to the 12 tribes, that tells us he must have an idea where these so-called Messington tribes are. Ah, the other 10, yeah. And I will tell you, this phrase occurs... Actually, in other books in the New Testament, other letters, and at one time, Jesus himself, in the book of Matthew, refers to them. Now, I'm not talking about, I'm talking about the 12 tribes. So, what that means is, at this time, they knew where they were, or they wouldn't be writing this letter to them. Mm-hmm. Now, that's something somebody... I've noticed it never really gets mentioned that or is, put together. You're exactly right. I I am writing, it says, to the the tribes, to Jewish believers. His letter is specifically well, addressed toward the, them. The scholarship is debatable on that. Is he writing to, if it's Christian believers, they're probably the uh, generally thought is not being the 12 tribes. Well, this says I'm writing to the 12 tribes Jewish believers. And, and there's a note in the version I'm looking at says, this says this could be Jewish believers, but since it says tribes, it probably is referring to So them. maybe James doesn't consider uh, Christians as a separate group. They are Jewish believers. See, I would think like they I would, believe. Yes. See, I would think they'd be included in the 12 tribes, but... The 12th Music is coming up. we got to okay. get out of here. Oh, we'll okay. be back in just a moment. 340-9585. Don't go away. Dr. Stan Shelton with offices at Loop 410 and Broadway has taken care of the Dollar family that's Suzanne and me plus our three children for the past 25 years. Suzanne, tell the folks about our dentist. 
Well, like you say, Dr. Shelton is a dentist for a lifetime. He's got the latest technology. He's busy, but I've never had to wait. And I never dread going to the dentist. In fact, he and his staff are so personable that I actually rather enjoy it. Go to DrShelton.com or call 590-7878. When we love Christ, we love others. Hi, and welcome to today's encouragement from Our Daily Bread. For Our Friends is the title of today's reading, and it was written by Monica Brands. In Emily Bronte's novel, Wuthering Heights, a cantankerous man who often quotes the Bible to criticize others is memorably described as the wearisomest self-righteous Pharisee that ever ransacked a Bible to rake the promises to himself and fling the curses to his neighbors. It's a funny line, but... Aren't we all a bit like this, prone to condemn others' failures while excusing our own? In Scripture, some people amazingly did the exact opposite. They were willing to give up God's promises for them and even be cursed if it would save others. Consider Moses, who said he'd rather be blotted out of God's book than see the Israelites unforgiven. Or Paul, who said he'd choose to be cut off from Christ if it meant his people would find him. As self-righteous as we naturally are, Scripture highlights those who love others more than themselves. Because ultimately, such love points to Jesus. Greater love has no one than this, Jesus taught in John 15, than to lay down one's life for one's friends. Even before we knew him, Jesus loved us to the end choosing death to give us life. Now we are invited into the family of God to love and be loved like this. And as we pour into others Christ's unimaginable love, the world will catch a glimpse of Him. Today's encouragement was provided by Our Daily Bread Ministries. Now, there's a place where all your Christian programs reside. All the best Christian radio stations live there. Find your local Christian station or look for one farther away that plays the program you like. ChristianRadio.com not only links you to the best Christian radio stations in America, like this one, but also podcasts of great, uplifting content designed to grow your faith. Find us now and download the app on either Apple or Android devices. It's the difference maker in your daily walk. ChristianRadio.com Hey, this is Bob Olszewski. Thanks for listening to Plugged In. Warren Daigle's new single, You Say, recently topped the Hot Christian Songs chart, as well as reaching the top ten on iTunes, just as her latest album debuted at number three on the Billboard 200. voice sounds similar to the artist Adele, carrying with it those same soulful, sultry alto tones. But more importantly, her song offers a beautiful reminder of all God says about us. We are loved, seen, heard, held. And it declares that our true value is rooted in who God is and who God says we are. I'll give the tune you say a five out of five for family friendliness. For more, visit PluggedIn.com slash radio. I'm Bob Olszewski for Focus on the Families Plugged In. 
Find out more about your favorite programs and the ministries on AM630 The Word by going to the program guide at am630theword.com. There, you'll get connected to the ministry website, email, and phone number. Plus, find out when your favorite show airs on the program guide at am630theword.com. I will worship with all of my heart. And I will praise you with all of my strength. And I will seek you all of my days. This is the Bible Live with Sophie Dollar. Lord, all of your way. We are back. Thank you for staying with us through the break. We're going to make our transition, our our jump, as John uh, has picked up on here in the studio. We're going to make our transition now back to the New Testament from the book of Daniel. We're going to pick up on the book of James, James, 1st and 2nd Peter, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, these smaller books. But James is of, is of particular interest. One, he's very close to to Messiah, very close to Jesus. He was a family member, as we understand. He was a, one of the half-brothers, one of the children of, of uh, uh, perhaps Joseph and Mary, the, the siblings within the family. Uh, I, and if I might add, I think he probably was the designated heir, heir apparent and the place that God took uh, Jesus' position mm-hmm. as the ruling person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the reason I think that is because of Acts chapter 15. Right. He was the uh, presiding at that council. You come to his court, he makes the ruling, and Paul was in his court. Exactly. So that would look like that James is the man. Uh, He he came to believe uh, that his brother, uh, his half-brother, that Jesus was indeed uh, the Messiah, Redeemer, and he led the congregation in Jerusalem. And as you say, presided over that uh, historic, very important council when they determined what, how they are going to relate interact with, with uh, Jewish believers. Uh, it, it was a very complicated uh, transition because they didn't. I don't think any of them ever wanted to become anything but Jewish. Uh, they did not consider following Jesus as making them not Jewish. But on the other hand, there were pressures from the other side of the aisle they pretty much made them have to choose well I, I can't stay in the Jewish structure if I'm going to follow the Messiah it seemed like there was a structure problem right it, the, I'm, I'm not I'm not wanting to talk out of school because it, well who rejected who is the idea did the Jews reject the Christians or did the Christians turn their backs and reject the Judaism that's that's kind of the question. There obviously was a, there's a there was a rupture. There was a breaking. Well, as I understood it, the Paul was making the argument that you, if you're non-Jewish, let's say you're a Galatian or a Dalmatian, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that you uh, you do not have to be circumcised. You do not have to obey all the Jewish laws. And from what you told me, that was consistent with. 
That's right. And so and so they and there were evidently a group of Jews who were saying, No, no, you must do this. And so there had to be a ruling by the court. James was the Well, the there were some Jews, both those who believed about Jesus and those who did not. There were some Jews on both if sides of Jewish, that who thought they would, that. They would be required to obey the law. Okay. But, but I know I'm talking about their, their attitude toward uh, followers of Jesus. Well, there, yeah, there were groups think, on both sides of that that told them. I don't think that there's an issue that there are some Jewish followers. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's an issue. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking that the issue is did the non-Jewish followers of Jesus, did they have to obey the Jewish laws? Did they have to be circumcised? And uh, they had a trial, and James says, no, they do not. But I don't guess you're... I'm I'm not not. talking about what the followers of Jesus thought. I was talking about what there, there, hmm, there were... There were Jewish followers of Jesus. Yes, they were full-blown Jewish, and and they did not have to leave their religion. They that was not a that was not a conversion to another religion. That was no. them embracing right. uh, a, a Messiah from their own religious. If that's what you mean, that's correct. Okay. But there were there were other Jews who did not accept Jesus as Messiah. They still held back from that. But in both of those camps, there were people who thought that Gentiles who converted to Jesus had to be convert also to Judaism. They had that would be correct. But but the ruling came down from James right. and from the council in Jerusalem that consistent with prior Jewish teaching all through the Torah and the Old Testament. Consistent with that, no Gentile believers did not necessarily have to convert to Judaism itself. I mean, Gentile believers, those who believed in God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, did not necessarily have to become. um, uh, Can I? Can I? While I'm agreeing with you, rescue me. Refine what you're saying, please. Everything you're saying is correct, except for I'm going to have to equivocate a little bit on your last sentence. Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't have the non-Jews. Mm-hmm. They were not born Jewish, whatever. Gentiles. Uh, but they became part of Israel, mm-hmm. say. Mm-hmm. Uh, that they did not, according to Moses, did not have to follow all the Jewish laws. Now, if they wanted to, they could, mm-hmm. but they were not required to. They did not have to be circumcised. They didn't have to follow all 613 laws. Mm-hmm. In fact, since chapters 9 in uh, Genesis, uh, non-Jews only had seven laws. Those are called the Noahide laws. Noahic or no, Noahide laws. Uh-huh. So, and that's what Jesus, and so that's James, what James appealed to in that council James in the says, Book of Acts. Ever since the time of Moses, this is all the non-Jews had to do. So, if they were Jewish and they became a follower of Jesus, they still be expected to obey the, all the mm-hmm, laws. Mm-hmm. But if they were not, they were still in the followers of Jesus, a Christian, but they would not have to follow all the Jewish laws, and that was James' ruling. Including the thing of circumcision. Mm-hmm. Interesting, interesting. Well, there we have it. Now, but, but and that's James. That's not the the apostle, the disciple. That's the same guy Peter, here. But, but James, it's the, half, the James that wrote this letter, which makes the letter all the more interesting. This uh, the background, his relationship, a human family relationship with Jesus, and then of course, uh, and and what we see of 
you know, we know of that, that, that he was slow to come on board as far as following his, uh, following, uh, uh, his half-brother, as far as believing that he was indeed uh, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, this letter is from James, a slave of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, and so on. Uh, so there, there we have an interesting author. We have an interesting timetable. It's er- one of the earlier letters that circulated. Uh, but in the general theme of the letter is faith. The general theme of the letter, uh, I understand at least, it, James uh, talks about real faith, false, fake faith. You know, he'd be good for today for Trump to fake news, fake faith, I guess. But uh, so we've got James here, and he's got some really, really important. And he sounds when I read this, he sounds Old Testament to me. Yeah. He sounds the more Jewish of the, of the writers. Uh, I don't know if you've gotten that same flavor. Oh, yeah. from I don't think there's any doubt, doubt about this. He's absolutely saying that you, uh, faith, as the famous quote is, faith without works is dead. Mm-hmm. In other words, I can say I believe all I want. That would be Jewish because Jews really have the idea it doesn't make so much difference what I believe. It's what I do with what I believe that makes the difference. See, that's interesting to me because I I believe that the standard for rela- becoming and re- knowing God and I, understanding I understand. there is faith. I, I mean, understand. It's always In been fact, faith. May I go further and even strengthen what you're saying? <laughs> I would think your position is a 100% orthodox Christian. Why don't we go ahead and take a couple of And Jewish, calls, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who's number one? Is it Esther? Esther. Esther's on one. Okay. Esther, how are you tonight? <laughs> Jacob and I are getting uh, getting along wonderfully well tonight. I'm I'm a little I'm a little I'm afraid of the fact when I'm getting along with him so well, but anyway. Glad to hear from you. <laughs> Esther, I can hear your radio, but I don't hear you. Can you turn the your radio down? So we want to have feedback, and then I'd love to get your take on some of the things we're talking about tonight. Are you there with us? Esther must have, I bet you she stepped away from the phone to go uh, check something on the stove. The pizza. Or the pizza, that's it. Okay. So shall I, I'll put her back on hold. I'll okay. put Esther okay. back on hold. Esther, we're going to put you back on hold. Don't go away. We'll take another call, then we'll come back to you. Yeah, let me see if I know how to do this now. Uh, well, John knows how to do it. Oh, let me see. How do I put Esther back on hold, John, yeah. my dear friend? Uh, uh, you got to help me because I don't want to hang up on her, and I want to go ahead and take our, our next call. Uh, but I don't want to drop her. I need to put her on hold. There you go. Good for you. You did it. Now let's go and talk with who's up next? Bob. Bob, are you with Hi. us? Hi. Hi. Good evening. <laughs> Glad you're there. Good evening, brothers. Uh, good to hear you, good your voices you. again. Uh, and uh, glad uh, Jacob seems to be in town again. And uh, I'm up he, here in the, the. Bob, he's nicer to me. I like it when he leaves town and he goes sees it. He, uh, somehow he treats me nicer. Yeah, he gets mellow. He gets mellow up there in the in the in the, in the, in the southwest. That's right. Uh, he's, he's out. He's he's out. In, he's out in First Nations country. That's why. That's uh, right. He's seen our power. <laughs> yeah, so he's a, he's a little intimidated. Well, there you go. What's up? Well, you got a thought about Daniel or about James or what? Well, I was thinking about James, and I was kind of uh, doing an addendum to some of your comments, and uh, if we can remember. Uh, uh, Joshua actually did the circumcising of the males at uh, Gilgal. Moshe did not uh, circumcise the males 
in the wilderness, but he repeatedly, repeatedly, repeatedly told them to circumcise their hearts. So I am asking if circumcision is not required, I might ask my question to both of you is do, um, do, uh, the so-called Gentile, so-called non-Jewish believers, do they have to, and they're not called Christians anywhere in the Bible. Uh, they were called Christians as a uh, pejorative at Antioch, and they suffered as at, under that pejorative, kind of like the First Nations people are called Indians or, or Eskimos. Mm-hmm. They actually never called themselves that, but uh, the uh, but at any rate, uh, I'm saying, uh, are these non-Jewish uh, new believers, do they have to circumcise their hearts or not? If if the if the ruling is, oh, you don't have to circumcise. Do they not have to circumcise their hearts, or or must they circumcise their hearts? Very, very, very good question. I like it. I, I think it's. Uh, I personally like it as I'm, maybe you would expect from getting to know us a little bit. I, I kind of, I'm a little bit more spiritual minded than you know actual. Jacob looks at the you know let's show your faith by your action, and I and I like that well, too. I'm following I James yeah, exactly. Well, but give him your thought about the whole well, point. I, of, I think everybody has to quote unquote circumcise your heart, uh, and of course, if we understand what the word is, circumcision in Hebrew is the word like you know Great Britain, British. Mool is it is it is it the the main. Lamet Mool is that is that the number the name the the word? Oh, it's Brit. 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 Mm-hmm. So that's much like that the covenant. Covenant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the word for covenant is Brit, like British, and mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. so yeah, you'd have to make a covenant in your heart. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, and, and Paul. Uh, Go ahead, Bob. Paul elsewhere says circumcision is of the heart. Mm-hmm. Right, uh, but I'm not sure what book that's, what uh, letter that's in, but uh, it's in the writings of Paul. Is that circumcision is is of the heart? Yeah, it, it's Romans. Uh, Jesus Himself said that as well. Okay. I think what we're making the distinction here is between the um, religious expression, and I was talking to some airmen this morning. So in my in our classes, uh, I was talking about this whole idea that uh, this word religion. And, and a lot of people, and, you know, and, and a lot of Christians, Jacob, I don't know if you're familiar with this, a lot of Christians uh, say quite often, and, and I think Dr. Bill Bright, the founder of Campus Crusade, was one of the ones who kind of came up with this expression that Christianity is not a religion, it's a relationship. And and this this is this is where the the question that you're talking about right now comes from is that uh, uh, Sophie, I have to interrupt with an unpleasant message. Oh, yes. It seems that we had a technical accident. Is Esther still on? She's not answering. But she's online. Well, that's yes fine. or no. I just need an answer. Never mind. The uh, Bob got accidentally cut off. Oh, Bob. Okay. So well, Bob maybe can call he'll call back if you like. He can call back his like, but uh, I'll still call. John, don't worry about the accidents happen. I'm, I'm, I'm still going to comment on on sure. essentially every circumcision, baptism, uh, every ritual, every physical ritual that people has a spiritual foundation and and the spiritual is far more important 
the spiritual attitude or the spiritual uh, expression, the, the genuine spiritual expression, is more important than the outward expression. It, even uh, doesn't Samuel tell Saul that in the Old Testament? He says, uh, "We're not looking for your sacrifice. We need your obedience." Yeah. You know, and sure. in other words, the idea of the sacrifice is to express, in some degree, worship and and loyalty. In, in, may, may I interrupt for just a second? And reverence to God. Is Bob back on? No, I was going to say, is that Bob? Uh, we can get him. Okay. Listen, Bob and Esther and whoever else ever was there, we had a technical glitch, and it's, it was our problem. We lost yes. the call. Okay. So please call back. Somebody's on hold, though, right there. I see him. Okay. But I just want to finish that thought. Okay. That, I'm sorry, sir. That's all right. All... Every ritual, every uh, baptism, uh, offerings, uh, and, and, and sacrifices we give, or circumcision, all of those have a meaning. They have a heart meaning. And I think what uh, uh, God seems to say, and I know what Dr. Bright was trying to say with that when uh, Christianity is not a religion, it's a relationship, is that. The 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 more Im, the more important thing about the th- is that heart attitude is the is the is the obedience is the reverence is the worship is the commitment to God uh, more important than the actual physical or religious expression of that truth. Well, I agree with you. In fact, I think you're citing James. I think so. Because I, what you're saying exactly. is in chapter Thanks. two. Uh, Thanks for rescuing me. Uh, I was, chapter I was. two, verse uh, uh, fourteen. He says, uh, "What use is it, my brothers, uh, if someone says they have faith but he has no works?" Yeah, yeah. yeah. In other words, from the Jewish point of view, uh, I can believe anything I want, but mm-hmm. if I don't show it, if, uh, if I don't show it. It's dead, and that really isn't a Jewish idea. That's it's the idea that you have to do something, not just believe something. Now, I, I fully appreciate that from the Christian point of view, like you say, it's a matter of faith mm-hmm. of believing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's not tantamount in mm-hmm. Jewish thought. What's what you do with your belief that matters? But that's another theme of James. Is yes. one of his passages he talk, he talks about true religion. Yeah. You know, because he. He gets into, okay, all right, let's say we are people of faith. We do know God. We love God. We're committed to God. What is the right religion? (coughs) And he doesn't say Judaism, Mm -hmm. and he doesn't say Christianity. He doesn't doesn't say a religious system. He says that the religious expression most consistent with true faith in God is taking care of the orphans, taking care of the widows, Loving people, giving yourself to serve. Remember, he said true religion undefiled is to care for the widows and orphans. And so so it's interesting to me. He kind of bypasses the classic religion, you know, to be a Jew or to be a Christian or you belong to this group. No, true religion is first and foremost a, 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 a relationship with God, a, a um a confident, secure relationship with with the true and living God, and then as well, let's just go and get to the meat of it. Do you think that if a person sits in a room by themselves and says, "I believe in God, mm-hmm. I believe in Jesus," do mm-hmm. you think that's all it takes? 
I'm, I'm I getting think right that down if, to the if, if it's true, yes, and they truly believe in uh, God, and they believe, okay. I, I would, yes, that's all it takes in terms of okay. having the confident, secure relationship with God. Well, but in terms that, of I'm now talking. expressing that relationship, okay, now, now you're going somewhere different. else, yeah. and, and you're gonna. So I'm not asking that. Let's get down to the meat of it. Mm-hmm. If I just sit in a room and I live a life of isolation, asceticism, being an ascetic mm-hmm. in Jewish thought is absolutely abhorrent to Jewish thought. So it's not that I believe. I might believe, and I ask you that question because that's fine and I'm not criticizing that in any way. But that is a Christian understanding that I can believe, and that's what it takes. No, no, that that wasn't my... I'm saying ultimately that is all it takes, yes, uh, but if you do truly believe right. in God and believe in Jesus, right. to the degree you can, and unless you're locked in a prison and you can't, or you're mentally incapacitated and you can't, and you're, you have limitations about the degree to which you can give expression to that relationship with God, but if you have a genuine relationship with God... It's going to show. It, it's got to show. You're going to you're going to obey God. You're going to love God. You're going to love others. Well, you're let's going to get, help let's others. Go, instead of using ambiguous terms, let's get down to the. Is that ambiguous? I didn't yeah, think it I was. think it is. Okay. Because it's. I'm, I try to say. Okay, if I believe, that's one thing. But I think that he he says in two um, two twenty four he said, uh, if you see that a man is faithful by works, it is not by faith alone. So I'm thinking that Jesus, uh, I'm sorry, James is saying that, look, I can absolutely 100% believe, but that faith that I have must be manifested in some way. Oh, sure, sure. Is it, that what That is what say? James is saying, and that's what I'm saying. Uh, it will express itself in some way, uh, and I'm saying the most fundamental way James says here. I think you got to do something. He's going to love I, others. He's going to serve others. He's going to care for well, what others. What does that mean, love others, D- oh, serve others? To the degree he can. He may uh, not even know the whole, the whole does phrase. Does that mean he's going to do meals on wheels? The whole phrase, obey God's commands, may not even be involved in. They may not even know God's commands. Yeah. The, this person who loves God, uh, but they're, it's the relationship with God is going to. We're told in Scripture it's going to change that person to a person who loves others, who cares about others. So, you're, as I hear what you're now, saying, you're saying that I'm going to do something with what I believe. Of course. Well, isn't that what James is saying? Of course. Uh, maybe if you really believe something is true. Uh, unless it's just some trivial thing that doesn't right. matter any at all. Well, maybe we but if it's something important. The, speaking of doing something, maybe you're we should get some of these phone calls. Well, I, the problem is I don't know if we have time. Okay, well, We've already bumping again to another segment. But let's try it. Let's go and get – is this Bob or Esther? I can't, I can't remember which. Esther? I'm Esther. Good, Esther. I'm so glad you're there. We wanted to get you in. <laughs> I'm, I deeply apologize for the complication we've had here. Oh, that's but, but okay. I'd love that's to hear okay. your comments. As a wise man said, problems happen. <laughs> I have three things that I wanted to, <laughs> to share with you guys. Good. Uh, the first one is a quickie. It's the name of Lucifer or Satan. All it's right. found in Isaiah 14, chapter, uh, chapter 14, verse 12 where the beginning of the five I wills, every Christian knows the five I wills. 
but in different translations, there you read. Did you say Isaiah verse, 14? Yes, Isaiah verse 12. 14. Okay, I'm, I'm there. Uh-huh. Yeah, and it, there it says, sun of the morning or star of the morning, mm-hmm. it's the light, shining light, whatever. Mm-hmm. In some translations, his actual name is given, and it's Hillel, H-E-L-E-L, Hillel. Hmm. Not all of them, but you will find his name, and you can find it online. If you type it in online, you can oh, find very it. Very interesting, Esther. Okay. Thank you. I'm looking at Jacob's face You're to welcome. see if he agrees with you. She's right. Are okay. you looking to agree? Okay. He, uh, he okay. agrees. This Actually, next one? Very simple, mm-hmm. but she's right. Go ahead. King James, King James, uh, in the book of James, uh-huh. and I have two books that I have recently read, Paul and Jesus is a name of one by a Gentile, uh, the myth maker uh, by a Jew, okay? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Both fascinating books. And in them, I find that James is not given by the church the respect that he ought to be given. And who he actually is as a brother to uh, Yeshua, or Jesus, uh-huh. uh, he is the next in line. When Yeshua hung on the cross and it said, the accusation is king of the Jews, uh-huh. he came to Israel to announce himself as king of the Jews. That's what he actually is, uh-huh. their king. And he was in the lineage. And so he did the things that a king does do. He read the law to them. He said, everyone obey my Father in heaven. You see me doing it. Do likewise. And then when he was crucified, there was now a replacement that stepped up. That was his brother. That was his brother, James. And every Jewish person. Yes. Interesting. Very interesting. James the Righteous. Can you hang on? a good man. Can you hang on now? He died a horrible death. Can you what? hang on through the break here? I want to talk to you further oh, about sure. it. But I, we're at okay. the top of the hour, and our break is coming up. If you would hang on, I appreciate it. And uh, let me see. Okay. How, I'm trying to remember how I did that. <laughs> Don't go away, all right? We'll come right back, and we'll con- we'll follow up this uh, thought from Esther about James. And you take your calls as well, 340-9585. And uh, don't go away, all right? We'll be right back. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar.
All right, we are back for our final segment. This hour, the time is just going flying by tonight, and we have Esther, who has some always has some great comments and uh, talking about James being the successor in the sense to the role of Jesus as as the King of the Jews, uh, and he takes this leadership role and position. and And uh, your thought there that, that in our modern Christian era here, two thousand years later, without that information and we don't really give james the respect uh, and the the importance that he deserves here is that am i being accurate there esther what you were mentioning to us you haven't got around soapy oh how oh i have to hit the right button okay esther, are did, you there yes i am did i did i kind of get right what you were Reminding us. Yes, yes, you did. You did. If the people had the information, and that is so sad because the information is available to anybody, but mm-hmm. you have to dig for it. Like, I accidentally found this out myself, mm-hmm. and so I thought I would share it. Well, there's a lot of things. Let me say there's a lot of things like that, you know, that mm-hmm. I think in this modern era that we really need to dig a little deeper. Uh, right. Because I, and, and really, I think a great deal of responsibility falls on our pastors and our, on our teachers and leaders. Oh, now, now, that. now, don't say that. You're doing a good job, Soapy. You know that. Now, listen. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> don't feel guilty there. You're trying. And the next thing I wanted to say, years ago, I read through the five books that J. Vernon McGee read through the Bible, uh-huh. wrote. Right, and right. I believe, and I could be wrong, I dimly remember him calling James old camel knees. I believe it was uh, James the Righteous who died, supposedly, with big old uh, knobby, rough knees because he spent so much time in prayer. Uh, I could be wrong, and I'm often wrong, but so that's no, all. And maybe, think, sorry, you asked Esther's me a whole right. question. I think Esther's right about that. Yep. I think that was uh, the name that McGee gave him. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, he he was a good. (laughs) I don't think I would mind being called that. We'll be seeing uh, James Vernon McGee before too long, and and uh, he'll let us know if we're right or wrong. That's right. I agree with that. Yeah. And, uh, I don't okay, think it's well, a bad time. I have time. one last thing for you. Sure, I have one last thing for you. Mm-hmm. And this may make you sorry you asked me to hold, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. <laughs> All right. The reason why, and this is just a guess, I, I'm thinking that somebody started a rumor that if you become a Jew, you may have to grow a beard. The women, the children, and everybody is really like mad because nobody wants to grow a beard, not even the men. But certainly the women, only dwarf women wear beards. And I only know that because I watched Lord of the Rings. All right. Yeah, of course. And they, obviously they were all Jews, right? They all had They, all... they must have been Jewish. Yeah. That's it. We well, may have to, may have to deal with that. We'll have to put Jacob on the hot spot about that. Thank you, Esther. Yeah, ask him. Yeah, All right, we'll thank do. you guys. Bye. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Uh, that's interesting. Well, let's go. You want to go right ahead to Bob, yes, or do you want to comment go, on the yeah, beard? because we cut off Bob. Let's Isn't go. the beard requirement something you would no, agree no, with? No, okay. No. <laughs> okay, Bob. You're back on the air with us. And we, I'm sorry Hi. we cut you off Hi. earlier. What's going on? Hi. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, uh, I'm... Uh, uh, I, I noticed the American Sign Language uh, symbol or sign for being Jewish is is you uh, make 
you you brush your hand your hands below your chin as if you had a beard. Is um, that that's right? very interesting. Yes, that's very interesting. <laughs> deal with and, that, um, Jacob. Now deal uh, with I, that. Uh, but, uh, I, I did not know that. I have no comment. You guys have rendered uh, him. He, he's now he, he he's making me think of the Three Stooges. <laughs> Maybe that's the sign. Language. But, uh, but uh, anyway, I I uh, Jews, the book of right? James. I mm-hmm, I uh, I, I want to say uh, it, it says faith without works is dead, mm-hmm. and uh, so uh, they must go hand in hand. The faith and the works must go hand in hand, and it even says the the demons believe and tremble. Mm-hmm. But uh, they're not going to have salvation, so or not they're not going to be on that. It's not just they're, they are, yeah. Uh, the demons are on the enemy side, on the adversary side, and they believe. Mm-hmm. So it's not just faith; it has to be faith, faith with works. Mm-hmm. And uh, Vernon McGee has said this many times. And uh, I, I would also bring out, uh, as far as uh, saying, uh, well, the Gentiles uh, shouldn't do this or that, or the Gentiles should just. Uh, do whatever they want to do. Can they go rob banks and stuff like that? I, I don't think so. Also, uh, it, it, it's if you look at the new covenant over in uh, Jeremiah thirty-one, the new covenant is made with uh, Israel and Judah. It's not made with all the tribes of the earth. It's made with Israel and Judah. So, if you want to be in the new covenant, you've got to be either in Israel or Judah. And if you're in Israel or Judah, you have to keep Shabbat because it says even the stranger who was within the gates. That is someone who's grafted in. Uh-huh. Even the stranger who is in the gates shall observe observe the seventh day and remember to observe the seventh day. And it's an internal commandment. It's not a it's not an external commandment that you do as, to do something and, and and put on a big show. When you remember the Sabbath, that's internal uh, because you cannot remember to do the seventh day uh, to observe the seventh day. You have to remember that the earth was created in six days and then he rested the seventh day and you have to remember that the uh, commandment was given from sinai so that is internal and if you're within the gates if you're a stranger within the gates you are to observe shabbat and it, and and if you are in the new covenant you are to be either in israel or judah that means you are within the gates so the uh, i would say the gentile must observe seventh day shabbat all right I'm glad to hear it, and, and I want to get Jacob's take on it, and then we can maybe I'll, I'll hang up. about it. Thank you, I'll, Bob. I'll hang up. Good to hear from you. Uh, yeah, boy, that's that's fraught with complications and difficulties. Well, I think it's fair to say that many uh, Christians, uh, I'm using that word generically, mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. a lot of them would be uh, uh, have different points of view on that. Yeah, there would be. But not all contrary, and not all contrary to it. I mean, well, perhaps that's what I meant when I said different points of view. Yeah, that's uh, just a thought. I'm yeah, yeah. Thought. And you've run into this, of course, as talking with, and you have a relationship with so many uh, believers, uh, Christian and Jewish believers around the city. Uh, the the whole idea of Shabbat, you know, the whole there there are passages that talk about Jesus is our Sabbath. That he's he is our Shabbat, and so you've got that kind of understanding. And then of course, I think it seems to me that most Christians have the idea of a Sabbath. It may not be Saturday, but the idea of taking a day to worship and focus on God—that's uh, that has made its way through. As a value, it's made its way. It seems to be a very fundamental Judeo-Christian value, at least, of a day that we give to God and to worship God and dedicate to 
that sort of thing. I, I don't know how Bob would re- react well, to respond to that I think necessarily. But. I think you're generally referring to something in the book of Romans in the mm-hmm. Christian scripture that says if one guy esteems one day and another another, well, that's okay with mm-hmm. with the guy who wrote the book of Romans. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know that that would be acceptable in the Jewish thought, but I think I think what Paul, I guess he wrote Romans, I, I think what he's saying is, look, okay, if you, you know, if you if one guy thinks it's Friday, maybe it's okay. If you think it's Wednesday, maybe it's okay. But I don't think he's telling the Jews that it's okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, well, I don't want to, you know, get no, we don't really hung that. up on that so much. But James is, as Esther has said, is a very interesting book for us to understand. He does, uh, he does have an appreciation. What, what I think he does, he goes to the core of things, not necessarily. The outward expression is crucial Maybe and is he goes important. To the Navy, I don't know. <laughs> No, but he goes to the white hot heart of the matters. Well, he goes down to I motive, and then how that every if you do know God and love God, and you know, it's going to express itself. It 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 can't be you know. Oh, I've got a ticket to heaven. I've got my fire fire insurance here. I'm not going to hell, so I can do anything I want. No, if we are truly one who loves God, God of the Bible at least, and love and know God, and we've come into contact with Him, I think there's a spiritual principle at work that you will become a loving, good person. You will look for ways to serve and love others. Now, if you if you have the Ten Commandments, if you have the Bible, if you have the instructions, then a great deal of that, some of that will happen just because the Spirit of God is at work within you to cause it to happen, but then some of it will also happen as you come to know what God's commands are and what He expects of us. You'll want to do it. I, I don't... You know, I I don't know of anyone I've ever seen converted over 47 years of ministry in 35, 40 countries of the world. I don't think I've ever seen anyone that I would say has given true evidence of, of a real relationship with God that doesn't understand almost immediately that I need to love people. I need to obey God. I need to honor God with my life. I need to do things differently. I need to avoid sin. And, and so, it's, I mean, it's – now, I suppose there are some well, that, that I would mean, say, oh, got, I can just – I've got fire your, insurance. I can." Uh, you have your experience, mm-hmm. and I would never doubt your experience. So let's just say you're right. Some people might say, I have my fire insurance, now I can do anything well, I actually, want. But some people would say, once you get your 30 years in a place, you're fireproof. <laughs> Maybe so. Anyway, but that's James. Do we jump to now to Peter, or do you want to well, say something more I, about I this? I want to say was I understand that uh, there was a debate in the Christian world when they were putting the Bible together, mm-hmm. if James should be included or not. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I understand that you know the Catholic doctrine is they think it's faith and works. That's what I'm told. I'm not an expert on that, and I understand that uh, is that that is uh, a conflict sometimes with certain Christian thought. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But uh, I know when I read this, uh, I mean it's difficult for me to walk away from James without understanding that. Uh, I have to do something. I can't just say I believe. And uh, as you say, if a person says they believe, I understand that you're going to say, well, that's going to make itself apparent somehow, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. 
almost anything you believe, if you, if it's it's if it's of importance, if it's something significant uh, that you believe, it, it's going to show up somehow, some way. Uh, don't you think? I mean, almost we live on the basis of what we believe from day to day, and and if all you have is just you kind of checking off the box, you know, religion box here. Okay, now I'm going going to heaven. I think that's what James is saying. Is no, you know that. And most thinking, I th- it seems to me like most, don't you think most thinking people, most rational people realize that, yeah, we're not just talking about easy believism. We're not talking about, well, um, I say this and I'm going to go to heaven, that's it. But that we're talking about genuine, true believer. If someone genuinely converts and to trust God and love God and confess sin and be sorry for his sin and ask God's forgiveness. and See, those are the kind of things that are so... Those are hard issues. Uh, what's the word? Amorphous for me. Because I, I don't know that we're all agreeing on what love is or what sin is. I won't sin no more. I like to. I say, what do you mean? I guess sin. What is it? Is sin to you? And I, I, need, okay. I need in my world, I need concrete things, mm-hmm. not amorphous kind of things. Uh, but I will say there is one more thing I do want, to, since James is, uh, if it's true, uh, mm-hmm. most people agree that it's probably the oldest writings, then uh, one thing that's fascinating to me is in chapter 1, you've actually got a question, it's chapter 1, verse 5, mm-hmm. it says, if you lack wisdom, uh, ask God. I somehow knew you'd get back to that. Yeah. I, I and the reason I'm saying that is because then when you switch over to uh, actually... Uh, uh, chapter 3 and verse 15, it says, uh, The wisdom that is is not that which comes from uh, from mass. Mm-hmm. From comes the world. From the world, but from, yeah, from God. And then in 12, it says, uh, But the wisdom from above is first. And it says pure, gentle, reasonable. I understand that. But the reason I'm saying that is because even in James, he's giving what I understand to be the first idea that that little spark, that seed, if you will, that comes from God is the wisdom. And the reason I point that out is because I know in our culture, and i said this many times, in our culture, wisdom is the ultimate. That's the very best. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's a biblical take. Okay. The wisdom comes from God. That's a seed. Then you get this wisdom. And because of your understanding, you plant the seed. And then it grows something. And then you take it and you can take it. You can make bread. That's knowledge. I know how to do it. So the order in the Bible, as I understand it, and I'm basing this on a few thousand years of tradition mm-hmm. and understanding, and I think it says this in James, he says the first is wisdom. So I think it's wisdom, understanding, knowledge in that order. That's what I think, and that's what I believe he's saying. And the only reason I stress that is because I think it's important to know, to actually comprehend the words that are being said by a guy like James. If we say, oh, yeah, he said, I read that, but, you know, wisdom's the last and the best. Well, that's fine, if, and we can say that for a culture, and I'm not criticizing, but I am mm-hmm. saying that, if we're going to read it and comprehend what it says, we actually have to read the words and comprehend what it says. And and this is the tradition. I can tell you 100%, even today, among the Jews around the world, 
they would say it comes in this order. Wisdom's from God, and I begin to understand the seed, this wisdom. It's sort of like I get a, a seed from the plant grain. It's so, a good thing. Wisdom I, is a good and, thing. And right? I plant that mm-hmm. wisdom in the ground. I understand if I plant it, it's going to grow a stock of wheat, let's say. Mm-hmm. And then I've got the knowledge that if it grows and I can take the wheat, it doesn't grow bread, it grows wheat. Mm-hmm. But I have to have the knowledge that I can take that wheat and I'm making it bread. So if unless I'm wrong, I don't think I am. Um, it's and this is not me saying this. Mm-hmm. It, it goes in this order: the wisdom's from God. Mm-hmm. That's our seed. Then we understand it. Then we know. That's why I think Adam knew his wife, because mm-hmm. he may not have understood her, wasn't very wise about her, but he knew her. Mm-hmm. But uh, so, but I, and James is stressing that wisdom is from God. And when I read this, I'm very comfortable with it because I'm thinking, you know, that makes sense to me. Now, I know in our culture that we tend to say, well, you know, wisdom, when I get old, I get wise, I get wisdom teeth, the whole bit. I got you, and I understand that. Mm-hmm. But I'm just, and I can respect that and live with that. But I don't think that's what the Bible's saying. I think the Bible's saying exactly reverse. Yeah, I, I, and I've told you, I think we've. We have. It is worth saying it again, though. I mean, wisdom, knowledge, understanding. Wisdom, understanding, knowledge. Wisdom, understanding, knowledge. That's what I said, That's right? That's exactly I what I heard you say. That. Yeah. <laughs> John has gone to sleep. Mary's <laughs> So wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. But, but wisdom is still a good thing. But the, uh, the important thing is to apply that wisdom, and it will lead to understanding. And that shock of wheat you'll learn can make bread. And and uh, that would be that would be understanding. And then knowledge is when you do what? You replant some seeds to get more and more bread, right. and you learn the whole system. You had, uh, you understand the whole process, I guess. Is that the idea yeah, that you're? Yeah, sure. You're, okay. And like I said, in three twelve, he says. Uh, I'm sorry, three seventeen. He says, wisdom is the first from above. Mm-hmm. And oh, interesting. Yeah, good. Well, no doubt about it, James is remarkable. He talks about, he he goes deeper than just simple religious uh, conformity. He says, it, you know, he does say that it's, it's, it takes real faith and real commitment to God. And it's, it's more than just kind of checking off religious boxes. But on the other hand, if you do meet God and know him and be made right with God, it, Without any doubt whatsoever, it's going to express itself some way in your life, and in your by your kindness. Look at this: uh, if you're wise and understands God's ways, prove it. How? By living an honorable life, doing good works with humility that comes with wisdom, and, and so on. But um, and, and he jumped jumped to uh, verse 17: wisdom from above is pure, peace loving, gentle at all times, willing to yield to others, full of mercy and good deeds. Uh, all of these that this will happen, and it's not. Uh, it, it's it, it's it's because of the. This is a spiritual transaction. What's happening in our lives is is a deep spiritual occurrence. It's not. It's not what we have in books and in writing and lists and our in our religious and what we judge other people by with our eyesight. Uh, that's one thing, but God sees the heart, and He's telling us that. The the principle at work here is that if you come into that relationship with me by your faith and trust in me, and, and you come to that confident, secure relationship with God, it's going to make a difference. 
If you have the law and the commandments, whatever you know about God, whatever God reveals to you about himself, you're going to respond to it. You're going to want to God's holiness, his righteousness. Uh, and so, so I don't think I don't really have any problem with James. And I thought sometimes I think that the whole argument about faith and works, I understand its significance. But sometimes I think it's just. It's just kind of really kind of reduced to religious argument, you know, when when really the the common sense view is, look, if you believe and you love God and you want God, sure, you come into that relationship by faith and trust in him alone. The, the redemption is a work of God himself, a miracle. But once you've got it, it's going to change your life. Well, suppose a guy does just good works. He does good works all the time, but he says, I'm an atheist. Then uh, you've got the reverse problem. What do you think God would do with that? Me? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm pretty comfortable with what I think. Mm-hmm. You want to really know? Well, well, you've put out. Okay, I'm going to say for you, and you you say what you do with it. If a guy says he's an atheist, uh-huh. do you think every person in the world who says he's an atheist is actually a real atheist? Why would I doubt him? He says he's an atheist. My gosh. Okay, do you no, think I'm that joking. every person? I'm joking. Okay. I don't know. But do you think every person in the world that says he's a, a believer? Whether Christian or Jewish or what, just because they say it, does that mean that that's true? No. Okay. I can't, now look, guys, you're going to get mad at me. Some people on the, soapy on the that's radio talking. say, I, th- you know, I don't know what in the world a guy would ever go off and say I am an atheist. I think some guys who say they're an atheist and they only believe in God, uh, they've been hurt, they've been abused religiously, they've had bad experiences, uh, and maybe the God that they're imagining that they reject, maybe you wouldn't believe in God either if you were thinking of the same God they're thinking of. But I'm not quite sure. Well, there's no doubt about it. After the Holocaust, World War II, Germany, a lot of Jews came out and said, no, I'm an atheist. Mm-hmm. Because their assumption was that God should have done something, and he didn't. Mm-hmm. Nobody's blaming God for causing it, but they are well, blaming God for not fixing it. In their minds, he didn't do it. God should have done something but in their thinking, well, he didn't, uh, and I, well, he didn't. they didn't I mean, do what no they way, wanted him to there do. There is no way around this. He's, from, their point of or, from their point of view, he stood on the shore as a child was drowning, and he could have stepped in the water and saved somebody, and he didn't. Well, that's, that's you. That's Jim talking, by that the way. Jim Send Jim your cards and, and letters and, to Jim. And I'm saying, yeah, cards and letters. To I speak. believe that God was there and that he okay. was acting. Okay, well, maybe you do. But what I'm saying is from, and I'm not saying for me, I'm saying from many people that came sure. out of the Holocaust. I get it. They say, hey, you know what? I'm done with this. Others came out and they lived and they survived and they said, well, thank God. God preserved me. God allowed me to and save my, someone else that I know and love. He got he rescued us. and so, so, I mean, yeah, again, you're down to this. It's all the way we see things. But, but God knows the truth. He knows the absolute truth of what he did and what he didn't do. We assume, if he is omniscient, and he's, uh, that... Well, and their point of view, uh, there was a big debate in the 60s that came out of that. Is God dead? There was a book called Is God Yeah, sure, dead? sure. Uh, now there's a movie. <laughs> oh, is there? Oh, yeah, yeah. There's several. Oh, that right. That One, two, and three, recently, I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a little... That's God a little, is not dead. I know, but that's like a modern little play. Okay. I'm talking about something significant. In the mm-hmm. Yeah. People, big, people died. God, yeah. And so... Yeah, it was uh, Nietzsche or somebody who said, God is dead, you know, and... 
There, there was some. You're right. Nietzsche, it was a, Nietzsche. Nietzsche. Yeah, Nietzsche. Of course, Nietzsche was uh, mentally ill. Mm-hmm. So he really was. I mean, he but fact, is he the one that started the? He God started is dead? the oh, goddess. I thought so. Uh-huh. Yes, when he was a German. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, but the point is, so the, I'm not saying these people, uh, I'm saying it, but these people, a lot of them came out felt that way. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm trying to reinforce your idea that sometimes if people go through a great trauma, great hurt, whatever it is, then they think, well, okay, then I'm not having anything to do with God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's why the Ten Commandments actually begin with God doing something. He says, I brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You can't, if he just said, I exist, I'm God. Oh, my gosh, we're out of time. It always happens, doesn't it? Uh, it does. We did not get to Peter or to no, uh, we First Secretary John. We had something John. really good to talk about in Peter. Yeah. But we just got we got carried away with James. That's, uh, that's, that's, well, that's, that's all right. good. It was worthwhile. Worthwhile. And if you, you should always be the kind of person you would like to have for a parent. That's exactly what Jacob says every week, and a good reminder for all of us. I hope you'll join us again next week, folks. We'll continue on to our our journey to the Scriptures. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping restore the Bible to our culture and is brought to you by Crew Military Ministry. Mailing address is P.O. Box 18888. That's Box 18888. San Antonio, Texas, 78218. Hear the entire Bible every year on The Bible Live, weeknights at 9.30 on this great station. Then join Sophie every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on The The Bible Bible Live Live Quiz Show. Visit our website, BibleLive.com. That's BibleLive.com for more information about Sophie and The Bible Live broadcast. You may also order materials at the website and make tax-deductible donations to help crew military minister to our military personnel and broadcast the entire Bible every year to America and the world. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.